1: Down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country And we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty To keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home With open arms We're America, your family A land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice you fight. Us free, we are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a Now, here is Gary Ray with his co host, Linda
2: Crater. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Today is December 10th, 2013. What's that? 14 more days until uh, Christmas shopping ends? Is that right, Linda? <laughs> uh,
3: I, I'm not a big shopper, but yes, that, that math does work. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Good morning.
2: Good morning. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Linda Crater, President and CEO for VeteranCaregiver.com. We really have a good show for you today. It's called Entrepreneurship and Family Support. But before we get to our guests, we're going to take just a couple of minutes to provide everyone with a live Veteran Trek update. Today's update is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services and Brave Marketing Concepts. To learn more about our sponsors, be sure to click on their logo on our sponsor page. As we're all aware, Veteran Trek is about two veterans, Anthony and Tom, that are walking 2,700 miles from Milwaukee to L.A. for PTSD, veteran suicide awareness, and dry hooch of America. Good morning, Anthony. How are you? I'm doing well, Gary. How are you? Good, good. I gather that you're around Albuquerque, aren't you? Uh, we're probably
4: about 40 or 50 miles east of Albuquerque. We got to Albuquerque, um, Friday and oh. we walked, um, out oh I don't really even know the names of the areas. It's just like along old route 66. Uh-huh. And, uh, yesterday we were trying to walk to where we are now, but we had a little bit of a hiccup, um, navigating through like reservation areas. So we had to take a ride today, this morning, to get us around the reservation, because the only other way to get around it was walking on the interstate. Uh-huh. Um, and so now we're on Old Route 66, walking towards Grants. We're outside a tiny town called Acomita, New Mexico. Uh-huh. So like, uh, I can look at mesas, I can look at White Cat Mountains, it's pretty nice out here.
2: Mm. Uh-huh. You mentioned that uh, somebody stopped, a woman stopped, and told you, you know, you shouldn't be walking through that area. Uh, what was uh, what were gonna, What were they going to do?
4: <laughs> uh, well, I don't. I didn't really know. She, I mean, she was very polite, and she just said, uh-huh. you know, like, I understand that you're about to walk onto the reservation. We we're like, yeah. She <laughs> said, "Well, you know, you really, you really can't be here." And we said, "Okay." And we walked just a little bit further down the road, and there was a sign that said, "Like, you're not allowed to be here. You know, if you're not a member of." you know, the reservation. So we had to walk back to the interstate and go uh, to a travel center and got some maps. And we were looking around, like, how to get around it. And then I went to the website and I uh, saw kind of what the rules and regulations are for walking on the reservations and so we don't meet any of them. So mm-hmm. we're going to do our best to be as respectful as we can, you know, to them and avoid those areas as much as possible.
2: Okay. You know, you had that, I guess this trek has actually given you and Tom the opportunity to reevaluate how much control you do have and how appable you can really be. Uh, Yeah,
4: definitely. We were, we talked about that, uh, last week when we had to make, uh, had to make a pretty tough decision based on the weather. We were in southern Colorado and the weather flipped. And, um, you know, a lot of people said, well, wait out the storm. And it's like, well, it's not a storm. It's winter. So you can't really, you know, wait that out. And we looked at all the different cities and towns that we had to go through over the next, uh, the rest of Southern Colorado and Northern New Mexico. And there was just nothing, you know, it was like 10 degrees during the day, but, you know, below zero at night. And that's what concerned us was if we're 40, 50 mile stretches between towns and we don't, we had put out on our Facebook, like if you know anyone in these areas, if they'd be willing to reach out and kind of help us out, that'd be great, but no one knew anyone in those areas, so we were kind of, we were kind of stuck. And so we yes. had to really evaluate, like, what do we want to do? Do we want to stop? Do we want to take a ride? What do we want to do? And so in the best interest of completing the trip and minimizing kind of like, uh, the amount of time we'd have to wait, we're, our only choice was really to take a ride through those mountains.
2: All right. Well, Anthony, I want to wish you and Tom good luck on your uh, next week uh, worth of uh, travels. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we should be in Arizona by the time we talk again. All right. Let's all wish Anthony and Tom good luck and give them your support. You'll be providing, well, actually, we'll be providing the updates every week at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time every Tuesday on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Let's get to our guest. Today's title is Entrepreneurship and Family Support. Linda, why don't you introduce our guest?
3: I'm delighted to introduce our guest today. We first have Jeremy Williams, a graduate of the Entrepreneurship Boot Camp. For veterans with disabilities from Texas A&M, and Jeremy will talk about his experience with the EBV, as it's known, program. We also, this time, because we've done a previous EBV program, it's such a worthy program. We also have with us Jared Lyon, who is the program director, or program. Excuse me, program manager for the National EBV and EBVF, which stands for the Family Program, and he's based in Syracuse. So we have a wonderful opportunity today to talk about how entrepreneurship can be supported for not only the veteran, but also for members of the family who qualify for the program. So welcome, Jeremy and Jared, to the American Heroes
5: Network. thanks for having me.
3: You're very welcome. Jeremy, why don't we start with you today? Tell us a little bit about your experience, uh, your background, and how you came to find the EBV program.
5: Well, uh, the experience itself was phenomenal. I, uh, I would recommend it to, to any veteran who seeks uh, uh, to, to go into entrepreneurship and become uh, a small business owner. Um, I, I had previously had been a project manager with a nonprofit out here in Houston and i had done a lot of work with student Veterans of america when i was in college and so i was familiar with starting programs and like kind of starting things and seeing them through uh completion and prior to that being in the marine corps and being civil affairs i was really uh experienced in project you know launching projects and making sure that you know you have every you have a project uh, outline and then there's a timeline and deadlines you have to meet. So, I think entrepreneurship was very congruent with what I had already learned in the military and in college and and in the nonprofit sector. So, I um, I left my my full time position to go back to school, and I had been doing some independent consulting work with uh, on, on veterans programs and 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 project management in the nonprofit sector, and that was like you know I might as well look into an entrepreneurship program or looking at getting a minor in entrepreneurship because it, it, it's so congruent with what I've already done. And so one day I just Googled. Uh, I had never heard about EBV, I had never heard about the program. And I just Googled entrepreneurship and veterans, veterans, entrepreneurship. And then, boom, up comes this program, Entrepreneurship Bootcamp for Veterans Disabilities. And I saw one at Texas A&M. And the deadline, I think, was maybe, I think it was like four days to the deadline. And so I, uh, I was very expeditious in my approach on, <laughs> or I would say entrepreneurial in my approach uh, in applying for the program, and I got in, and it was just, I mean, I wouldn't say life-changing, but it was very enlightening when it comes to, you know, how I would start and launch a business and then continue to run a business thereafter. Fantastic.
6: Yes. Jared? Sure.
3: Jared, can you give a little background on yourself right now?
6: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, um, I, I'm, I'm a veteran as well. Uh, I served in the Navy from 2001 to 2005. Um, after I got out, I, uh, I worked in defense contracting for a couple of years while going to school at night um, at community college. Uh, then I went on to uh, start uh, and be incredibly <coughs> unsuccessful financially at my first business um, and then uh, worked it out. Uh, with the second business uh, having a bit more success. And then I worked in Major League Baseball for three seasons with the Washington Nationals serving as their uh, program manager. uh, They're manager of, of Florida operations for the Washington Nationals for three seasons. And then at that point, I decided to go back to college. Uh, I chose to go to Florida State University. Uh, it's a school that I had always wanted to go to. And then uh, Jeremy, Jeremy and I share in common uh, that I, I, uh, I did some work with Student Veterans of America as well, uh, serving as a uh, chapter president for my uh, uh, Collegiate Veterans Association at Florida State University, which is a, a chapter of Student Veterans of America. Um, it did some advocacy work on campus and nationally. Um, behalf student veterans, which uh, led me to really understand uh, sort of this need in the veterans space and uh, my desire to want to kind of continue to serve. Um, and I was able to do that uh, by finding out that uh, my current position was open, so I applied for it. And uh, when I graduated in uh, December of 2011 with my bachelor's degree, I came to, uh, to Syracuse University to serve as the national program manager for the Entrepreneurship Boot Camp for Veterans with Disabilities as well as the Entrepreneurship Bootcamp for Veterans Families, or EBV and EBVF, respectively. And um, while I've served in this position, I'm currently responsible for uh, the national administration for our eight universities, Um, so that would be uh, to include Syracuse University, which serves as the national host for EBV and EBVF. uh, But we also offer EBV training at Cornell, Purdue, University of Connecticut, Louisiana State University, Florida State University, Texas A&M, as well as UCLA, um, and uh, all the while, uh, worked on my master's uh, part-time, continuing to use the uh, post-9-11 GI Bill, and uh, I actually, I just graduated with my master's on Thursday, so Thursday evening. Congrats.
3: Oh, Congratulations. You.
2: Definitely. Okay, well, we can do, we can take an early break. Um, I'm Gary Ray, along with our co-host, Linda Crater, and our guests, Jeremy and Jared. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America, on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
0: Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America
7: TRN. Network.com and syndicated on iTunes. The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home you can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans your support is needed more than ever before become part of the silent heroes support team today the silent heroes support team levels start as low as 26 dollars per year that's only 50 cents a week go right now to americanheroesnetwork.com and join today that's americanheroesnetwork.com thank you for your support
1: That's AmericanHeroesNetwork
2: at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guests, Jeremy and Jared. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you give us a little insight on the impact of effective leadership?
5: Um, you know, what? one of the things I really, really um, was was experienced there at the EBV at A&M uh, this year was the effective leadership that, that they really focused on. And and how it's applicable to entrepreneurship and small business ownership, specifically because veterans, as as veterans, we already have that those leadership qualities and, and capabilities that have been developed and, and cultivated over the past you know ten fifteen years in military service, especially in in the combat operations abroad. And so it was translatable uh, to operating a business because you know one of the, especially being a marine. But one of the things, one of our leadership traits is initiative. Well, that's very translatable to entrepreneurship because we have to take, we have to consistently take the initiative in order to develop business opportunities, to conduct marketing strategies, to implement marketing strategies, and to lead engagement. So we're out there engaging other businesses, clients, potential customers, and then converting those, those contacts into a sale and and closing the sale and and turning the profit and you know there's a very there's one aspect that I really really focused on was the mission accomplishment is that for us we were there to accomplish a mission and it was and it was a really apparent in a classroom I have I had an undergrad in political science and in in classroom at university in my undergrad You have these kids, they're 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. All they want to do is party, get drunk, and screw around in the classroom. But at EBV, we were in a classroom where everyone was there for a purpose. We all had a reason. And so you can see leadership just eating in the classroom. And so that was translated into the coursework, into the discussions, into the work groups, into developing our business plans, developing our pitch. And it was, I think after that, when we graduated and we walked, you know, we we walked through that, that, the armed guard and it was still there. Because they were effectively using the leadership skills and capabilities that we had established as you know, as Marines, soldiers, sailors, airmen, now as veteran entrepreneurs, or venturepreneurs, as, we, as we're called now, um, to lead a successful small business venture into the community. So, and, and I'm sure Jared, can, Jared will concur because he sees a lot of it. I mean, what's our success rate? That's something like 85% of veteran entrepreneurs that go out and venture on their own are successful. Jared?
6: I'm um, I'm I'm sorry about that. I cut out real quick. What was the question?
5: Oh, I was talking about how successful uh, EBV graduates have become since graduating. Um, uh, is yeah, it Something so like what an eighty-five percent success rate.
6: So actually, we've got uh, uh, quite literally fifty-seven percent of our EBV and EBVF graduates um, have gone on to start their own venture within four months of graduating from phase two, and of those ventures that have actually been created, uh, we have 88% that are still in business today. And I mean, that that's really indicative to kind of what, what we refer to broadly um, as the five-year success rate of veteran-owned businesses, which is almost twice as high as uh, as non-veteran-owned businesses.
3: That is fantastic. Uh, Jeremy, you launched a business. I believe you fall into that 57%. Yeah,
5: um, I launched um, I launched a consulting practice uh, less than six weeks after graduation.
3: And, and then, what, was, um, what did you find was the greatest challenge?
5: The startup. Mm-hmm. Like really uh, starting to find clients and building a client base, customer retention, customer you know, uh, uh, Converting those, those potential, those prospective clients into a sale and generating revenue. I, I found that, that was the hardest, but once you get it going, it's, um, it's like breaking the seal. The water just flows. No. But it's, I mean, it, it's still extremely, extremely difficult. Um I'm not, and, I think any other entrepreneur will agree that entrepreneurship is not for the weak of mind weak of heart, make weak of mind. You have to be really uh committed to grinding it out every day. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong. Yeah. And a I started, yeah, I wanna start my own company, uh work my own hours and make a lot of money when really early on you're making very little money and you're working 60, 70 hours a week. But mm. the payoff is so much so much more than that. It's the sense of the sense of satisfaction, sense of accomplishment. People look at you differently as well. I mean there's this there's this um, I would say social acceptance with people who go out and start their own business because we're so much so much more adventurous and people like, you know, people of adventure. And so they gravitate towards that.
3: I think you're right. And I think entrepreneurs often um, perhaps don't show all of the hard backstory that goes into being successful. So you're right about the diligence and, and continuing to get up each day and do things even if it is very difficult. But I think people admire entrepreneurs because they do what many don't have the risk uh, profile to do. So on the dark days on the days where it's more challenging for you, what do you do to keep on going?
5: Uh, i go work out. Um, <laughs> oftentimes, uh, I'm a competitive judo player. So mm-hmm. uh, last year I was on the uh, U.S. World Championship team uh, for the World Championship in Miami. And so I, I, I try to maintain a, a balance. Oftentimes when things get really stressful, I know that I, I work really well under stress being a combat veteran however I I know what happens when I have too much stress so being able to recognize that too much stress uh, those indicators I I need to break away I need to break contact and I need to go do something that's going to relieve that stress and then I'll re-engage it with a fresh perspective with an open mind and oftentimes it's it's beneficial I mean I'm not going to say that I don't get stressed out because everyone gets stressed out when you're an entrepreneur. I mean, that, that's a fact. But being able to manage that stress is what's going, to, it's what's going to define whether you're successful or you drive yourself under the ground and end up in in the hospital.
2: Jeremy, do you have
5: a website? I do. Uh, I actually have a LinkedIn, a Facebook, and a website. So uh, Our company website is hashmark.us, www.hashmark.us. And Facebook, it's facebook.com slash hashmark.strategies. All right. And then on LinkedIn, if you go to LinkedIn, just type in hashmark strategies. LLC. You'll find us.
2: Phenomenal. All right.
3: So, Jared, as you're looking at the EBV program from your vantage point as the program manager for the national program, what do you seek? when you're looking at the applications that have been filed for those wishing to become a member of the program?
6: It's a really good question. So, you know, kind of the whole premise of the EBV program is is this idea that if entrepreneurship is, as some have said, the most democratic, most freedom-creating phenomenon in the history of the race, then our premise of EBV is, is really who better to pursue entrepreneurship really than those who have, um, truly known what it means to fight for freedom and democracy. So when you look look at entrepreneurship as that idea, I'd say what makes, uh, you know, a really good fit or a good candidate is something that I refer to, um, really as sort of that intangible fire in the belly for entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. um. We've had we've had such a diverse group of individuals that have graduated EBV. A um, uh, little over uh, 700 uh, total veterans have graduated from the EBV program since our founding, and uh, and really it's uh, you know I always say that all, all prior military ranks have graduated EBV uh, from E3 all the way up to O6. We've had all prior educational backgrounds uh, from nothing more than a GED all the way up to a PhD, we've had JDs, MDs, uh, individuals with MBAs, uh, you name it, have, have really come through the program from an educational standpoint. But that's the whole beauty of entrepreneurship. Uh, entrepreneurship doesn't really care what rank you wear on your shoulder boards or you know, how many degrees you have on the wall. Entrepreneurship, uh, kind of something to Jeremy alluded to a little earlier, is how much you're willing to grind it out, uh, what, what your sort of fire in the belly is uh, for success. And, um, and I think that's, that's kind of uh, a common... A common thread that all of our EBV and EBVF graduates have is that is that true desire um, for entrepreneurship, whether it be for a uh, positive effect on their on their current life situation or the lifestyle that they're looking to lead. Um, it's really that fire in the belly.
3: You know, you've obviously done an excellent job in selecting applicants that go on to become successful. Do you think part of the reason the success is there is because you've got veterans working with other veterans. And then amplifying that with some top business entrepreneurship uh, examples and professors.
6: Oh, a- absolutely! I mean, the it, if you look at some of the, the uh, statistics from the U.S. Small Business Administration, currently, um, you know, you'll see that about four million uh, veteran-owned businesses are currently in the U.S. today. So it, it's a it's a pretty good population of the small businesses throughout the United States, and. Um, and you know, as I alluded to earlier, that the the five year success rate, which is really what you look at for the success of a business, is have they been in business for longer than five years? Um, it's it's almost twice as high uh, for veterans as it is, as it is for non veteran business owners. So there there's there's really this kind of idea um, that one of the important facts of successful entrepreneurs, something that they have in common, is is really what I'd refer to as diverse life experience. So that entrepreneurial process uh, begins with recognizing an opportunity and those individuals that are going to have more diverse life experiences are more likely to draw upon those experiences and see possibilities that others potentially don't see. And who am I talking about when I say diverse life experiences? Uh, you know, who, who among our, our American population has more diverse life experiences than our veterans, right? So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's this concept that the very nature of... Of military service confers uh, upon our veterans uh, sort of this critical resource because the military uh, forces us as veterans to sort of live out of our comfort zones, really. Um, it forces us into life situations uh, that we may not otherwise experience. So, uh, successful entrepreneurs are, are also resourceful goal-setters. Uh, we demonstrate um, single-mind focus on achieving those goals, so, so mission orientation, as Jeremy alluded to earlier. Um, and by its very nature, entrepreneurship, especially in the early stages, the beginning, like Jeremy was talking about, um, is about doing more with less, um, right? So mm-hmm. entrepreneurs have to bootstrap. They have to scratch and claw without losing sight of their ultimate goal. And and I mean, to kind of put that in military speak, it's really they're focused on their mission. Um, so veterans have this quality, uh, I mean, just in overwhelming quantities. So, I mean, you know, veterans and, and military training as it stands is is really well-suited towards entrepreneurship. And I, I can't tell you how many times you're in the military and sort of the boss would come up to you and, and, and say to you, hey, look, uh, I need you to get this, this, uh, this particular task done. Uh, you've got... Uh, uh, you know all the resources you need, all the personnel you need, and all the time in the world. Uh, Jeremy, do you ever remember uh, any any commander saying saying those things to you before you had to get a mission done? Oh yeah.
2: Well, gentlemen, if gentlemen you could hold that thought, we're just going to take a real short break. Everyone knows by now that our show is actually being rebroadcast through many other sites. Some of those sites ask you to register or download an app or sign up for iTunes. Just remember, all those ways of gathering info are strictly optional. You can hear any of our archive shows twenty four seven just by going to the Network dot com and click on Radio Program Library, which contains our archive shows. And you don't have to sign up to hear the shows. And again, just go to the americanheroesnetwork.com. dot com. You're. Li- Gary Ray, along with Linda and our guests, Jeremy and Jared. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business,
5: and more on demand 24-7.
7: The American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers, and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly, hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today. The Silent Heroes support team levels start as low as $26 per year. That's only 50 cents a week. Go right now to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and join today. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Thank you for your support.
1: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guests, Jeremy
2: and Jared. And, Linda, you had a question.
3: Back in October, when we had on other graduates of the EBV program, we talked about the three phases of the EBV program and also family support. I, I think it would be valuable to our listeners to go over those three phases again and then, Jared, perhaps you could then segue into the evolution of the EBV family program. So, Jared, I'm throwing that one to you.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So, so EBV really is done in in three phases that sort of build upon one another. Um, so, once an individual has applied, been screened, and admitted to the program, uh, they'll they'll attend the first phase, which is uh, done online. Uh, be thirty days online, and what that's designed to kind of do is as I mentioned earlier, our EBV population is very diverse given their their prior backgrounds in both uh, military rank uh, experiences, even education. Uh, so the thirty days online is designed to kind of get everybody on the same page and start introducing. Uh, basic business uh, concepts, uh, principles, and practices, as well as working on some of the idea generation uh, that the veteran may be going through uh, for what type of business they'd like to start. Uh, That said, once you complete uh, the 30 days online phase one, uh, which is a prerequisite for phase two, you'll advance to phase two within one week of completing phase one. Phase two is where you'll actually find yourself on uh, the university campus of one of the eight universities in our EBV National Consortium of Universities. And uh, and once you get to campus, this is sort of where we don't use the term boot camp lightly in the sense that someone just looked at it as we work with veterans would call it a boot camp. Uh, It it is a rather intense program. Our our attendees (laughs) will be engaged from... From uh, approximately seven thirty every morning till about ten o'clock every night, so the so the days are long and it's a bit like drinking water from a fire hose. But essentially, what this allows us to do is much like uh, military training. we're able to cover a lot of ground in a really short period of time. And during this time, we bring in some of the top professors in entrepreneurship and small business management. uh, But we also bring in uh, successful entrepreneurs and business leaders from across the United States uh, to teach our our students not only how to start, but also grow their own venture. Uh, The final day of of, uh, phase two is uh, is where we actually uh, will conduct venture pitches. Uh, So there's not necessarily grades per se with EBV. Uh, You'll actually do an application exercise and a venture pitch. This is where our graduates will pitch their concept for their business idea in front of a panel of experts. And during that time, they'll receive real-time feedback as to the viability of the business idea and pros and cons that the panel may see with their business idea moving forward. So as they head back home, they have some really good feedback. Uh, we'll do an outstanding graduation ceremony, and that's when we send everybody home. Uh, and that's when phase three begins. Now, phase three is called EBV TAP, and you can tell we're a bunch of veterans up mm-hmm. here because we can't we can't really survive without our acronyms. Um, but, in, <laughs> but in our case, EBV TAP is uh, the EBV Technical Assistance Program. And what this is is 12 months of follow-on support uh, where we take our graduates of phase one and phase two We'll make every effort to pair them with a mentor in their related industry, uh, but we also provide a myriad of follow-on support services, as you can sort of imagine a small business would need as they're getting up and running, uh, such as logo design, website design, um, uh, incorporation services, accounting services, tax services, and even legal services. Um, so those are all provided uh, in phase three. and then. We sort of cap it off with this idea uh, that just like in the military, uh, something we hear all the time, you you never stop learning. Uh, We we take that to heart with our EBV and EBVF programs by providing annually uh, the EBV uh, National Training and Alumni Conference uh, that we uh, will be going into our fourth uh, National Training and Alumni Conference this year. Uh, where we bring back all the graduates of our program uh, for an opportunity to uh, get additional follow-on support training on essentially what we call the growth track of the business and, uh, and an opportunity to network with fellow graduates of both the EBV and EBVF programs. So, uh, that, that would really help me to describe our, our next program, uh, which is specifically aimed at military family members. Um, this program is called the Entrepreneurship Bootcamp for Veterans Families, or EBVF for short. And essentially, it was born out of the program that was founded in 2007, uh, EBV, specifically for the veterans. And we started our first EBVF, the program surrounding families, in 2010. And it was really built out of this need um, that we saw uh, with military families uh, that were essentially facing daunting challenges in maintaining uh, a stable home life, uh, while also supporting a family member um, who may have returned home with significant and enduring disabilities resulting from their military services. And so in many cases, um, the family members, uh, these would be you know, spouses, brothers, sisters, adult children, if you will. Um, assume kind of a caregiver role uh, for these veterans and simultaneously uh, assume the primary responsibility as essentially economic head of household mm-hmm. um, and sometimes may, may even be serving as um, single parents. So, uh, the need for the EBVF program is very apparent to us. And essentially, uh, the EBVF program runs uh, almost identical to the EBV program. It's offered at two uh, currently of our EBV National Consortium Universities. So it's offered at Syracuse University, and it's also offered at Florida State University. And it works in the same three phases. Uh, these The eligibility for it is uh, is going to be essentially... Any uh, spouse or first-degree family member serving in a caregiver role uh, for a veteran that would be eligible for EBV is also eligible for EBVF. In addition to uh, surviving uh, first-degree family members uh, from a post-9-11 service member uh, that may have been killed in action are also eligible for the EBVF program. And essentially, uh, they go through the same three phases, but their cohort is specifically um, Going to only be including uh, these military spouses uh, that are serving in a caregiver role, as well as first-degree family members. Phase one would be 30 days online. Phase two uh, is uh, really the only difference in curriculum is an EBV. We do focus a little bit on uh, living life with a disability, and an EBVF. uh, We we focus a little bit more on work-life balance um, as a caregiver is not only running the business but also. tending to take care of their veteran as well as the family. And then uh, they they also receive all of the same services in Phase 3 through EBV TAP. That would be the mentor matching, uh, the uh, logo design and corporation services, website design, um, uh, legal services, tax services, accounting services. Uh, and then they're also eligible to attend the EBV National Training and Alumni Conference as well. Um, so, and, and something that's actually uh, pretty interesting is we're – Uh, uh, currently accepting our applications for the EBVF program at Syracuse University, which will be our first one for the 2014 season. Um, Applications would be due uh, by February 1st of 2014, and uh, the online portion will actually uh, begin on February 10th, with the Phase 2 in residency portion on campus at Syracuse University um, uh, being on March 7th.
3: You know, Jared, it, it strikes me as This is such one of the reasons I asked you to be on today was because there are very few organizations that truly take into mind the responsibilities of the caregiver, and that is what you have done here. You have modified your program in order to make it possible and probable for your uh, applicant to be able to succeed despite the fact that they may be acting as a full-time caregiver for their veteran uh, or looking after their family if it's a surviving spouse or family member. Uh, it's, that is something that was, was that built into the program initially, or is it something that grew over the three years of development between 2007 and 2010?
6: Yeah, Linda, that's a, that's a great question. And, and essentially the best way that I can answer that is uh, our founder, Dr. Mike Haney, who's also a uh, 14-year Air Force veteran, um, who founded the EBV program and the EBVF program, uh, essentially, the EBVF program came out of the need that we saw in the space because uh, he would have uh, military spouses or first-degree military family members that serve in a caregiver role uh, for for their veteran uh, approach him at, uh, at at various events as we would go throughout the veteran space and and ask you know I'm uh, uh caring for my husband or wife or my son daughter you know whatever it might be mm-hmm. and. And I, I really uh, find a connection to the EBV program in the sense that I, I know I could really benefit from that training because starting a business might be uh, the best thing for my family moving forward. And then the question would always come, can I attend EBV? So, I mean, when you get one of those questions enough, it, it really kind of gets the, uh, uh, the brain wheels turning, if you will, to the point of, well, you know, let's, let's look at this. Should we admit the uh, caregivers to the veteran program or uh, does this population uh, warrant us to to look at the program and create something that's specific uh, to meet the needs of the caregiver community? And uh, and you know, thankfully, uh, the, the the conclusion was the latter that we would create a program uh, that had some of the similar elements uh, and drew upon the success of the EBV program, but it was specifically geared uh, towards the family members. Which you know, I, I think, like you say. Uh, often are not uh, paid enough attention to. Um, And so, you know, we're very proud that we have a program uh, that services this community uh, to the large degree that uh, the EBB Families Program does.
3: You're exactly right. And I think caregivers bear a lot of uh, silent heroism on their shoulders, and affirming their value is extremely important. One of the interesting things about being a caregiver for many of these families is that they are incredibly resourceful. And so what you're doing is tapping into that same resourcefulness and the fire in the belly that you mentioned for veterans, but in the fam space. And it's very admirable that you've done that. And um, I did speak to Dr. Mike Haney, and he absolutely echoed everything that you mentioned about the importance of addressing the needs of the caregivers and providing them the same opportunity.
6: Yeah, absolutely, Linda, and, and something that I should point out, which I'm not sure that I covered, and, and shame on me for not doing so, but uh, both the EBV and EBV families programs are, are competitive, and essentially uh, what that means is, is the unfortunate reality uh, based on uh, just the, the funding that we have available um, we can't accept everyone that applies. So uh, we, we have currently the capacity, um, as it stands, to accept 200 veterans a year and 50 military family members a year. Uh, so so the, the program itself is competitive. Uh, but uh, what I should mention is that though it is competitive, um, an individual that's accepted to EBV or EBVF, uh, the training is provided at 100% zero cost. So we do take care of all expenses. Um, we, we will literally take care of all the uh, flight arrangements if the individual is accepted to one of the universities universities it's outside of a drivable distance, so we'll fly them into the EVV or EVF program that they've been accepted to. In addition, uh, EVV and EVVF are what we refer to as an executive level experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, this individual is going to be the, the president, CEO, founder of their own business, so we treat them accordingly. Uh, we put them up in uh, hotel accommodations on or near campus, um, and uh, they get their own room. They don't have to bunk up with one of their fellow cohort members. Uh, we provide all their meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We eat family style as a class, and uh, all the costs for instruction, as well as the textbooks. There are four textbooks associated with EBVF are provided for.
2: That is Um, phenomenal.
6: So uh, (coughs) with absolutely zero cost to the veteran or the military family member and they do not utilize any of their education benefits such as GI Bill (coughs) revoking. These all remain intact and we take care of everything uh, for them. All right.
2: Jared, what's the uh, website address they can go to?
6: Absolutely, Gary Ray. It's uh, if if you go to vets.syr.edu so that's V E T S. -S 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 dot s-y-r dot e-d-u and uh... you'll see right up at the top of the page our programs uh... If you click on that you'll notice all eight of the programs that we run and manage here at the institute for corrections and military families all
2: right man. and we don't want to hear you can't afford it there you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a short break i'm gary ray along with linda and our guests jeremy and jared you're listening to the american heroes network powered by voice america and the variety channel and we'll be right back
7: the American Heroes Network team depends entirely on voluntary financial support, advertisers and sponsorships to keep the voice of our veterans alive and bring awareness, education, excitement, and most importantly hope to the gray reality that exists for the hundreds of thousands of troops that are home and coming home. You can now become part of the elite team and help support our veterans. Your support is needed more than ever before. Become part of the Silent Heroes support team today the silent heroes support team levels start as low as 26 dollars per year that's only 50 cents a week go right now to americanheroesnetwork.com and join today that's americanheroesnetwork.com thank you for your support network.com and syndicated on itunes
1: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voice you are tuned into american heroes network if you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's
2: AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Our guests are Jeremy and Jared. And Jeremy, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, I, I gather, it was support, correct?
5: Yes, yes, the, uh, the Phase 3 support. Um, after graduating Phase Two, we moved on to Phase Three. I moved on to Phase Three, and I used EBV Tap to file my, you know, my, my legal entity, the LLC, to get a tax ID, and then to really start the, you know, the, the, uh, the infrastructure of the business itself in order to to start soliciting business. And I couldn't have done that you know, without the knowledge and without the assistance of EBV and I know Jared, uh, Jared and I had a dialogue uh, uh, previously because I was supposed to uh, go to the national conference, and I think the national conference. Uh, a lot of a lot of colleagues that were there said it was phenomenal. They learned a lot. They were able to network. They were able to really become uh, more versed in, in services and opportunities that EBV um, and IMVS has to offer graduates of uh, EBV's phase two.
6: Yeah, absolutely, Jeremy. And it's it's um, you know really uh, to be honest with you guys, the things that Jeremy are, is, is referring to are really indicative of all of the graduates of our EBV and EBVF program. Um, you know, it, it's it's the utilization of the services that we provide in uh, the aftercare, if you will, are, are really something that I feel separates EBV and EBVF from a lot of other programs uh, that are offered in the space. Um, in the sense that uh, it's a very comprehensive program. Uh, it's a program. That provides what I'd like to refer to as an immersion experience uh, where you're actually you're going and you're focusing uh, for those nine days of intense boot camp uh, while, while you're there on campus in phase two. Uh, but then also uh, we're there to provide that support on uh, the aftercare services. Additionally, as Jeremy mentioned, with EBV National Training and Alumni Conference, where all eligible EBV And EBVF graduates uh, from all the way back to our founding in 2007 are eligible to attend. Uh, We also um, offer a business plan competition at the conference itself. And uh, this year, uh, thanks to some just amazing sponsors to the program, uh, we were able to offer a combined $75,000 in prize money available uh, in a business plan competition uh, for our EBV and EBVF attendees whereby they could submit their business plans to enter into a business plan competition uh, with first prize being a uh, total cash value of twenty five thousand uh, dollars second prize at $15,000 and third prize at uh, $10,000 and then we were able to give out actually an additional uh, seven cash value prizes bringing us up to a total value of $75,000
3: Outstanding
5: I think one of the things that, I, uh, that is really uh, Analogous to military service that's very apparent in EBV is that, one, it's mission oriented, like we, we've already established, but, like in the military, they're, they're not going to ask us to accomplish a mission without giving us ample resources, intangible resources to accomplish that objective. Well in EBV it's the same way. They give us the intangible resources and tools to accomplish our professional or our business objectives. So, wow. not only is it the first uh, the first 30 days online to give us that, that, that foundation of, uh, of business knowledge and then the nine days in residence that's going to really cultivate our understanding and build that business acumen and then allowing us the ability to go take the initiative, utilize the entrepreneurial spirit and then give us that back end support the ground level. It's not just administrative and oh here, here's a link, sign up for the link and you'll get a pamphlet in the mail. No. It's it's a comprehensive uh, administrative, uh, technical, business support for our business. So it's like having a support staff when we need it, as we need it, to make sure our business is launched, to make sure we have you know and our venture is is completely thought out and it's launched. So if we were to compare that to uh, a mission that we're you know that we're we're accomplishing in the military. It's the exact same thing, but in the business perspective. So, so not only are is EBV taking that business that, that military modality, but they're taking that military, military modality and applying it to entrepreneurship, and utilizing, and and really helping us translate that language into the business sector and as an entrepreneur. And so you know that's why that, that's why I've been able to really grasp it and really move forward.
3: One of your other graduates, Justin Constantine, was on with us last week speaking about, specifically, leadership. And I'd like your take on the leadership that is both coming to the program and then the difference the program makes in those who leave the program.
6: Yeah, a- absolutely, and I and I would say it in in this way that uh, you know EBV and EBVF essentially remove this concept of the lone wolf mentality of an entrepreneur that that I'm out there on my own doing everything by myself. Um, and, and it comes back to this concept in the military of um, being uh, well oriented with your team and and in leadership. So so that thing or that idea that that leaders of their own small businesses, veterans are actually adept at cultivating. Um, what I'd refer to broadly as high-performing teams. Um, so several studies have compared veteran service members and 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 non-veterans with regards to team building skills and efficacy. And findings from that research really illustrate. Um, that veterans are more adept with regard to, you know, first off organizing and defining team goals and mission, as Jeremy mentioned earlier. Uh, secondly, defining team member roles and responsibilities, uh, which I think is really important in, in regard to team dynamic. And third and finally, um, developing a plan for action are really what Jeremy continues to talk about with the mission. So research also suggests that, I mean, those with prior military service have a high level of efficacy for team related, related activities. That is, I think that veterans exhibit an inherent or enduring belief that they can efficiently and effectively integrate and contribute to a newer existing team. Yeah. So so this idea that veterans bring in the leadership uh, that is going to be necessary as a successful trait of not a veteran entrepreneur but an entrepreneur in general is that ability to, to lead a, a cohesive and, and well-oiled team.
2: All right. We only have about a minute or two left. And Jeremy and Jerry, would like to thank you for being on our show today.
5: Oh, thank Jerry. you for having us.
2: All right, Jeremy. What, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing?
5: I think the one thing that they can do is buy a veteran, <laughs> buy veteran services, buy veteran products. Really help cultivate the veteran-owned small business community because, in the end, you know, it's a small business economy that drives drives the national economy. And like Jared said, there's over 4 million veteran-owned small businesses in the U.S. today. So the more you can support us, the more you can support the business you're supporting a veteran. And it's it's really that that helping us come home, being home, and being successful. All right, Jared. I'll, I'll make it really
6: easy, Gary Ray. If, okay. if you're a veteran that, that's listening to this or a military family member serving in a caregiver role that feels you may be interested in EBV or EBVF, respectively, uh, please visit us at, at vets.syr.edu and, uh, and click on our programs link and uh, find out more information about how to apply and get your application in uh, ASAP.
2: All right. Thank you again, gentlemen. Today's show has been brought to you by First Class Merchant Services and Brave Marketing Concepts. If you missed any of our live shows, be sure to go to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and you can hear them actually 24-7. And again, without giving information. Remember, the American Heroes Network spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families, anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co host, Linda Crater, signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And have a great week. Say goodbye, Linda.
3: Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and his co-host, Linda Crater, again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe. You're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a to men. Red, white, and white. <laughs>